first, and now the official BC Lions podcast, transmitting from the Go Goat Sports Studios. We're at the Wall Center downtown. Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski. It's uh, tell you what, Coach Campbell said it today before the team broke it down after practice. Nick, it's hot. It's going to be hot on Saturday, so we might as well practice hot. Summer, uh, it, it really feel it is summer, but. One of those first days driving down here in a while where we really felt, yeah, we're we're in the heart of the summer. The games are getting more important. This uh, is pretty awesome, bud. Yeah, and I decided to wear some gray long pants today, and I, I was feeling it out there at practice today. Even I was talking to our uh, our trainer, Andrew. He's always wearing a black jacket, like a full yeah. sleeve black jacket. And I'm like, how are you not just dying out there right now? And he, he told me that the sun kind of reflects off of him. So A lot of the coaches go that way too. Like think of like a Mike Benavides, even a Ryan Phillips. He's got like the black long sleeves. We're in Kamloops, uh, May, June. It's 34 degrees at nine in the morning. And these coaches are out there with their black attire, long sleeves. Marcus Sales, Alex Hollins, Brian Burnham. Yeah. To, right. Pants. Maybe, maybe that's part of the training camp thing. Guys want to shed some some pounds maybe, or I don't know, but guys like us, well, speaking for myself, I'm always looking to shed the pounds uh, once we get to training camp and account for those uh, big meals that you that you enjoy, but uh, we are thrilled to be back here. Uh, we did a podcast last week on bye week of course. We encourage you to check it out. Uh, Bobby Dubow, uh, the Guinness World Record holder, not every time you get to talk to someone that's going into the Guinness World Record book. Uh, nine stadiums, 15 days, uh, capped it all off with our big win over Montreal. That was a fun episode. We we encourage you to check that out. But uh, your BC Lions at 4-1, and one, I'll tell you what, I don't remember a bye week like that, quite like that, where the out-of-town scoreboard went in our favor. Those Ottawa Red Blacks somehow coming up off the mat and winning that game 16 points down late, a pick six, a two-pointer. A Dustin Crum uh, rushing touchdown with no time on the clock, another two-pointer, and then they finish the job in overtime. And um, Calgary uh, Stampeders coming back uh, to win despite allowing uh, a couple of touchdown returns by Mario Alford. Great results on the out-of-town scoreboard, but this week it's about the Lions and the Rough Riders. First of three meetings, and what about this stretch, Nick? We're going to see all four division opponents in the next four weeks, then a second tilt with Saskatchewan in their place at Mosaic Stadium August the 20th, I believe that is, a Sunday evening. That'll be fun. Um, Really a chance for this Lions team to continue controlling their own fate here as we approach uh, September in the second half of the season. Crazy to talk about. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot like last year, too. We had this stretch where we played Calgary, that crazy 41-40 game with the comeback. Then we trounced Edmonton, went into Mosaic twice and got victories there. So it feels a lot like like last season where, yeah, the start is great and you can't ask for more in these first uh, five games that they've played, but now you got to prove it against your own divisional competition, right? And it's going to be no easy games. Uh, even looking ahead to next week, you got Edmonton that's going to be very, very motivated to not allow a streak to become a record. <laughs> yeah. right? And then it's another trip to Winnipeg, too. So it's it's no easy games coming up. It's four and one's nice first place, but it doesn't matter until you start beating these divisional teams and even getting even more ground in the West. Yeah, nice scheduling, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be in Edmonton next Saturday. The Bombers are on their bye. And then now uh, we get to turn around and go into Winnipeg on the Thursday. I'm Adversity. Hey, yeah, uh, can only imagine the excuses if it was the other way around and it didn't go another team's way. But, we, you know, we'll, we'll worry about the next two weeks. Yeah. As mentioned, uh, no one can 
can afford to overlook this Saskatchewan team. Battling injuries, of course, including at the most important position. Very tough news to see Trevor Harris go down uh, and was enjoying some family time uh, in the Okanagan last week. Very lovely. So uh, listen to a good chunk of Edmonton Hamilton and and then to Ottawa, Winnipeg, and then was kind of following along. I ended up rewatching a, a good uh, portion of Saskatchewan and Calgary when I got home. But um, very rough uh, for Trevor Harris uh, to go down. Uh, they're, le- they're doing what we did with Nathan Rourke last year. They're leaving the door open for a late season return, but absolutely no guarantees. You know, probably internally they're preparing to not have him again this season. But uh, this Lions defense, ferocious as they have been, just five touchdowns allowed and 68 possessions offensively by the other team. Uh, 19 points only in two home games. Very, very impressive. You got to think that they're licking their chops uh, facing Mason Fine. A guy who has minimal experience, Nick, had one start against Calgary toward the end of last year. I think we saw him in a relief appearance at one point, one of those three games, uh, if memory serves correct, but... Um, that's definitely a big storyline this week. Yeah, I got it right in front of me. The the the, the unfortunate Nathan Rourke injury game last season. Mason Fine did come in. Yeah, uh, in replace of Cody Fajardo. That was a performance based decision. That wasn't an injury to Fajardo. That's right. Um, ironically, too, Fine hit Justin McInnes, who's now with the BC Lions. Obviously, had a big a, Justin had a big game there. Yeah, against, tri- yeah. yeah, yeah, gotten triple digits for receiving yards in that game. So Mason Fine, yeah, he has thrown over. He just thrown over 100 passes in his CFL career. Uh, pretty solid numbers in his relief appearances, but yeah, it's going up against another animal in Ryan Phillips' secondary and his defense overall, too, with the front. And you mentioned it, too, with the Riders' injury report. I'm looking at it right now. They just have their Wednesday injury report in, and none of those guys that missed on Tuesday are, are, have practiced again. I'm talking Anthony Lanier, the league's yeah. highest-paid defensive player. So that's a, that's how uh, high the Riders uh, feel of him, and he's not practicing. Roland Milligan, a defensive back, is not practicing. Here's an interesting one, too. Brett Lothar has not practiced this week. Saw with, that. Yeah. With a leg injury, so that's their kicker, obviously. So that's another interesting situation. Um, and then Micah Johnson, non-football related, was out today. Uh, Pete Robertson was the one guy that was, was full today, so expect him to be playing on the edge. Yeah, he had a big year for them last year. And and it's interesting, you mentioned uh, that August game uh, in Mosaic. <laughs> the last quarter and a bit for me that night is just all a blur. It wasn't a good feeling, yeah. Because, like, I mean, for take every take people kind of inside the den. I mean, as the club's media contact, I am that first point. So when a play any player gets injured, I, I'm the one. I'm I'm saddling up to the doctors and the trainers, and and you just kind of knew this one was not going to be good. And I was one. It's it's disbelief. It's it's potential heartbreak, knowing how serious this ended up being. That you know, this is the story of the CFL, and we're likely going to be without him for a long time potentially. Um, so it was a combination of kind of falling into that trance, and then having to stay on the trainers and the doctors for the updates, right? Which we didn't really have none other than he wasn't going to return to the game. You know, you get the far hands in the world. Uh, texting you <laughs> everyone in god Canadian love them yeah everyone uh yeah my i i don't recall my phone uh blowing up uh in this job anyway <laughs> um but so you, you mentioned that and and yeah um now you mentioned that I, I i kind of vaguely remember mason fine coming in but that's just kind of take people down memory lane to how crazy of a of a night that was because remember what else happened that day the bus didn't show up to the hotel Remember that? I do remember that. Uh, it showed up eventually, like Tyler Gammon, our football ops uh, manager and 
basically the the go-to guy when it comes to arranging the road trips and everything and on the phone. And you know what I remember too? The Grey Cup was there. The trophy was there. It might have been Saskatchewan's Pure Later Tackle Hunger Game or something. So we're all kind of standing out on the lobby, or out, out front the lobby, the front steps of the Hotel Saskatchewan, like, where the hell's the bus? Rick Campbell and a couple of the coaches just said, screw it, we're walking. Because you yeah. can walk there in about 15, 20 minutes maybe to yeah. Mosaic Stadium. And we're waiting. We're kind of starting to get a little antsy, like, what the hell's going on here? Or the, the riders or someone playing tricks on us here? And then uh, Tom Chambers, uh, the keeper of the Grey Cup, comes out. He's got the trophy in his little case. He's pulling it, and no one wants to acknowledge that the Grey Cup's there, right? Because at this time, uh, the team was 7-1, and one, went to 8-1 and one that night, I think it was. Something right. like that. So right. things were going good and say, okay, well, but we're not there yet. Like, the Grey Cup's there. We're not there yet. That, to me, is another big memory from from I, that I vaguely night. remember that too. I have a video actually of us waiting out front with there's literally a combine going down the street. Yeah. I have a video of that. That's that's my memory from waiting. And then uh you had Luches Purifoy with the Pennywise doll <laughs> just <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. So you kind of got the sense, okay, maybe something weird's gonna happen tonight, and and sure enough it did. But we know Nathan Rourke came back, uh, led us to a big playoff victory, nearly led us to another one in uh, Winnipeg, despite not being 100% at all with his foot, and and we wish him all the best uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So yeah, the quarterback situation, uh, you met Peter Godber, another guy, former Lion, likely not going to face his old friends this week. He's been injured, not practicing this week, but uh, depth is key in this league, as we've found out, and uh, I would not expect uh, Saskatchewan to be using those as an excuse if they're missing a couple of receivers and uh, one or two key guys on defense, as well as the offensive line. Uh, one guy who I uh, hope and think is due to to break out something big here, Terry Williams. Yeah. Uh, before we hear from Terry, um, what are your thoughts on how he's performed this year? I look forward to hearing from him. He's he's consistent as always in the return game, right? Unfortunately, he still hasn't broken one for, knock on wood, hasn't, hasn't broken one yet for, for a major yet, but you know what you're getting with Terry. It's always going to be a steady positive return he runs he runs north south which is good instead of east west which you hear about with a lot of returners that yeah special teams coordinators will uh criticize for returners but yeah terry's terry's been a spark especially like i think back to that winnipeg game where he had like what 300 return yards i think he's still up there in terms the of october 15th game last year yeah uh even the, the metal game even yeah. the home opener this year it was kind of a kind of a tug of war back and forth nothing not much happening and then there was a big terry williams uh, punt return and that kind of gave the, i thought that gave the team a spark in that home opener. So that's what Terry Williams has has done really since he's got here, and he's been nothing but, I would say, good for us overall. I was, yeah, it would have been just after that Saskatchewan game we're talking about last year, maybe a yeah. week or two later when we when we made the trade for Scary Terry. Uh, number one in the league, averaging 23 yards per kickoff return. Yeah, so there. Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of looking at the stats pack the other day. So... Terry Williams, uh, we'll talk football. We'll talk about his uh, frat history, perhaps. He's got a cool background. One of the great characters on uh, this Lions team. Uh, Terry Williams, he's had some reps at receiver, like you were saying, too. So we'll talk with Terry coming up. And we've tracked down uh, the man, Terry Williams, uh, the speedster for your BC Lions. Uh, We hit on it going into uh, the break there leading the Canadian Football League with an average of 23 yards per kickoff return. 
Uh, we get the sense he's going to break one uh, out, a long one here, sooner rather than later. But Terry Williams is with us now on first. And now, Terry, sir, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, we are two days, two, three days into preparations uh, for Saskatchewan. Um, first off, though, backtrack a bit. How was your bye week? Did you stay local? Did you go home? What would you do? Oh, I, I stay here. Um, just, you know, enjoy enjoy Vancouver, enjoy the series, you know, for the week. Just kept to myself, you know, downtime, got my body right, mind right, excited. What uh, sort of sights and, and sounds did you check out? Well, I went down the waterfront, you know, just looked at it, you know, just enjoyed that. I'd never been down that way, all the way down. So I went down and, and seen that, seen that. That's a great view. Yeah, uh, West Coast, uh, you're from the South, obviously, but uh, obviously um, a little different from, from where you're used to. Uh, how much do you love it here so far? I, I love it here. It's, uh, it's a great place to be. Like, it's a lot of a lot of fights in, a lot of, like, you know, you can see the mountains, the water, you know, the you know great buildings, you know, great people. So it's just a lot to do on your downtime or, you know, great fans, like during the game, after the game, just a lot to do here. What uh, you of course uh, you were a member of the Ottawa Red Blacks for a couple of years before coming over, but what have you learned? Um, you mentioned the fans. How much have you learned about just how much of a deep appreciation uh, the fans have for this league and for their favorite teams? Uh, like the fans, I say to the fans, and you know, in the CFL, they they you'll really find out how much like they really care. Like they'll like know your name. They'll be screaming your name with hey your jersey number like. And they'll like just come up to you and say your stats, like just say what kind of game you had. Just it'd be crazy, like the amount of love that they show, like each fan base they show love. And it's like you wouldn't realize that looking like looking in, but as a player, like getting getting to know fans, they come up to you while you out to eat. They they know your face, they know you know, and they just sit and talk to you, enjoy yourself, enjoy well, you know, enjoy the vibe. Terry, you're obviously someone who came here uh, mid-season last year via trade, so that that means you didn't you weren't here for last year's home opener, but you obviously played in this year's home opener. Uh, you got another four o'clock game under your belt at BC Place this season. I mean, you've been to Winnipeg and in, in the snow too, so I feel like you've mm. kind of done like the whole CFL trifecta when it comes to weather. But I'm guessing now is these four o'clock summer hot games. That's that's what you prefer. I'm guessing when it comes to playing. Oh yeah, I, you know I love the heat I'm from down south. You know, Mississippi. You know, I like the heat. You know, I gotta get used to the cold though. You know, <laughs> I gotta get used to it. buy me a thicker coat. But I love the heat. The uh, four o'clock games, I love them. What has the experience been like at BC Place for you now? Because obviously you got that home opener, like we just said off the top there uh, in week two against Edmonton. You also played last week uh, against Montreal. Like, uh, what what if what are your thoughts on just playing at BC Place overall, and then the the increase in the fans that we're seeing? Oh, it's, it's electric. Like, every, every you know, home game I come to, it's like more, like, you look at this thing, like, more fans. Like, wow, it get louder and louder. And it stays that way for the whole four quarters. Like, it, it's energy, like, all around. It's just, it's just crazy. And it's always, you know, a good show. I always have a good show. I guess we haven't really talked to many players, at least on air, about this, too, but the the 30 minute LL Cool J concert. You guys are just sitting there in the locker room. Like you, you could you hear that loud and clear? Could you hear LL performing? Uh I I I said a little bit. I was like locked in to be honest with you, but it it was, you know, I can hear him. It was I, I say he had a good performance. <laughs> 
you're someone too. Uh, I would say, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you have a lot of pregame rituals. Like I, I believe you and Lucky walk out together pregame warm up. We actually have this unspoken kind of ritual that we do. Hey, after the first team comes out, do you know, or the second team comes out, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That's definitely a ritual. You know, the scream at the end of the tunnel for everybody come out. Oh yeah, that's for sure. But uh, I feel like you, you know, as being an athlete. You come into your own rituals or your own things that get you going for the game. So I think I haven't really noticed mine, but you know, since you said it, they come they come to the front of my mind. Yeah, I guess I never even talked to our digital team about this, but Terry and I like we did not speak about this. We didn't plan it or nothing like that. But after the second team comes out, I'm always behind the last person. And it was, last year it was Fig. Now this year it's usually Menard, or it's been like Bets sometimes. But the last person that comes out. I'm always behind them, and Terry comes up to me, screams at my camera, and then runs away. We didn't plan it at all, but it happens every game now. Got to stick with a winning formula. I, li- I like hearing about that. Um, Terry, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, one of our interns, Evan Tate, uh, around training camp, spoke with you for a great piece at bclions.com. And you were talking uh, in that story about how you didn't receive any major offers in the NCAA at first. and you um you have to start at Itawamba College and you leave that school as the all-time leader in receiving yards and you parlay that in some good times at Tennessee Martin. Um, what was that process like? I mean, did you have to go in there with a chip on your shoulder at first? Uh, I'll say uh, I always had a chip on my shoulder. You know, I still do. You know, that, that'll never go away. But I always play with a chip on my shoulder. Come as... You being small, everybody, you know, they count you out or they say something like, oh, you're too small, you're too this, you're too that. So I always use it to my, you know, use it to get me, you know, not get me going, but like, okay, let me show you. But yeah, I always had a chip on my shoulder everywhere I went. I always, you know, wanted to tell myself I am the best. You know, I want to be the best, so I got to show it every day. Practice, game, meetings, you know, just, just show it. You also talked uh, in that article about uh, the – um, the influence uh, of your mother, uh, Angular Robinson. Um, just talk about her and, and everything she's done for you to help you get to this point. Oh, yeah. She she's, she means the world to me, you know. She did a lot, you know, just going and putting, like, you know, two, three jobs, then also being at every game, giving me pairs of cleats, you know, signing me up for Little League football, taking me to every practice, you know. Get me ready for practice when she was, you know, just being everything at once. You know, it's, and I never, I never, you know, have a have enough thank yous to tell her or enough time to thank, her, you know. But I love love my mom to death. You know, she did everything and some. You know, even when you know when you have it all, but she always always did that for me. And I thank you know thank my mom. She definitely gave me my work ethic, my hard work ethic. Learn that from them. Never uh, complain about it. Just get it done. That's great to hear. Um, has she been up here yet, or does she have plans to come to a game? Uh, she hasn't been up here yet, but she, she has a plan to come to a game. For sure. She's coming. Which game's that? Uh, it'll be in November, one of the games in November. Awesome. So she can feel that cold weather. Heck yes. Yeah, that's, I like that. And then Terry, just being on your social media, uh, seeing your captions and all for your, for your posts and whatnot, but you're someone who always uses the phrase big dreamer. I imagine that comes from 
your your work ethic and growing up and never counting yourself out but where did the actual phrase big dreamer come from is that something you just thought of top of your head or where did you where did you come up with that uh like i say coming out of high school i always had a dream of like playing division one football you know being being one of the best you know athletes or receivers you know i say receivers going playing for pro football and nfl i had I always had those dreams and like when i got to got to uh college i was you know i like ut martin that's when i i really put it together like big dream like it just came to me when i was like big dream that it just stuck with me since then and i always tell everybody like you know you're never you're never too your dream never too big so don't don't try to you know small you know small it down or shorten it or tell people your dream and let them kill it so don't like you know it's never too big you can never dream too big you get a lot of support too from your receiver cast too that you're you're a part of too i think people forget that you're definitely a capable receiver too we've seen you play in in, in calgary in week one they're getting some catches but this receiving core i mean i think it's pretty well documented how fun it is and how much fun you guys have on a day in day out basis but just talk about that the the receiver room you guys have and all, all the all the fun you guys have oh yeah i'll say the receiver room is it's a great receiver room to be in you're like any receiver uh, would love to be in this room like because of, of the the camaraderie camaraderie and like the energy and the work ethic like we have fun but we also go like go and work real hard like go to go to practice go put in the work put in the game we're going to in the game and we celebrate with each other like somebody make a play everybody happy for me another person make a play everybody happy for you so it's just it's a great place to be you're also someone too that you're with receivers 24 seven. And by that, I mean, you're staying with Alex Hollins and Josh Pearson this year, right? It's miss the down South guys, Josh Alabama, of the down South crew. So I, I imagine you guys have some, some, some smiles and some dancing. I imagine from time to time. Yeah. Smiles, dancing, singing, old blues songs, you know, and great energy, great time. You got to get a GoPro in there. Uh, when you guys are all home or something, Terry, um hey before we let you go uh one quick one uh big divisional opportunity here again uh, with saskatchewan in town uh, you're watching the film you're preparing uh from a special teams perspective i suppose terry what uh, do you have to look out for here um i just say as a special team you know as our group on uh, special team all phases you know we just we just put it together in practice and just want to show how hard we put in the practice just going short in the game just Everybody be on one page. Everybody, you know, just just coming together. It's showing, so we just want to show it to our fans on Saturday at four o'clock. So it's gonna be a good day. All right, sir. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll be watching uh, with anticipation, getting some big chunk yards here. Thanks, Terry. Thank you. See you later, Terry. Excellent stuff with Terry Williams, and yeah, you're the, you're the weather guy today. You're a meteorologist today, or something. It's hot out today. What do you think of the heat outside? What what are we expecting tonight? I don't. I low, wish, what's I would, the low temperature today? I, I wish it was a little colder. I don't. I don't I'm not a big heat guy. No, no. Say. Yeah, I'm just giving you a hard being time. A, being, but, a, being a fellow prairie boy. But you're right. Um, you, you go back to those October. Well, it's funny. We had a nice October last year, right? Like it was no rain. Was not. It was dry, it was sunny, it was warm a lot of the days at practice, but 
you're right, a couple of those home games, uh, you know, we're one of the first people in there. There's no fans in there yet. There's no one in there. There's not many warm bodies around. Yeah, you, you got to bundle up with the roof closed even. It's, that's a good point. But love Terry Williams and uh, been a welcome addition to this team. I got I, t- I got to take this back too. We said Terry hasn't had that big one yet. The West Final last year, hundred and only yeah only only yes. convert return for to the end zone um, in playoff history. And that made it and that at the end there that that play doesn't happen. It's not a one score game with us exactly. down. So that was a massive yeah. play. So that was a big one. Terry had has that big moment. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You look at the stats. It's all regular season stats, <laughs> yeah. right? So kind of by default, it it dis it makes that. Not part of the equation, but yeah, you're right. So um, obviously, it wasn't a touchdown; it went for two points. Which, but uh, that's, I want to say that's the right rule. Absolutely, it is. I saw people saying that should be worth well, touchdown. <laughs> remember, like speaking of when we get text messages and stuff during the game, like we had coworkers texting our group text that should be a touchdown. Why isn't that a touchdown? It's like because it's not a the offense the offense the dof- the defense wasn't out there it was the field it was the field goal protection and, and the offense can score a max of 2 points on that yes, play yes so exactly that makes sense. that's like, how it makes sense right um that people just don't understand it um but yeah excellent stuff with Terry and uh you like stories like that guys who don't get offers in college and we didn't have time to get into it but he uh he had some frat house history um and but guys who don't get the college offers, but they end up making something out of their professional football careers. Um, excellent. Uh, you admire that guy for his determination in uh, in carving out a career for himself. We're gonna go. We're gonna talk about some of the other games this week. Three other games. But first, Nick, um, we want to give a player on each side, a player each for the Lions here, um, who may not be getting talked about, but we think you should watch out for. Who do you have against Saskatchewan? I think you got to go Jalen Edwards Cooper. Got to get the, right. the encore performance. He's been practicing full all week, so the rib injury is no, not a scare. So he's back healthy. But I mean, through these five games, I thought I mean, he had maybe one of the games of his life. I'm sure on on Sunday against Montreal, the the, the block punt going right into his hands and in stride. That's you can't ask for more. And then he's breaking up um, hitch routes and for yeah. tackles for a loss. And I think he's been really stellar too on just closing on balls all season and. Gary Peters, TJ Lee, even Marcus Sales, they're obviously the Sales and Peters being the All-Stars in that secondary last year. They get a lot of the credit, a lot of the attention, but Jalen's really earned his way into that starting lineup, earned his spot to keep that spot in the starting lineup, and I, he's ran with it. He's He's been stellar, I think, all year, and you can tell, I, I think if you watch him this season, he looks a lot more comfortable in his play. It looks a lot like he's he can he's kind of reading plays and getting there quicker. We talk about that with like a guy like Matthew Betts, where he knows what's going to happen before it happens. I think Edwards Cooper is getting into that same boat in his, it's his third CFL season now, right? Yeah, yeah. 2021. Yeah, part of that group that the, this uh, this brass has brought in, that's developed, and he's been excellent. I'm going to stay on defense. Uh, we talked about it a bit earlier. Uh, on the stat sheet, he might not be standing out Josh Banks oh yeah another guy in his third year uh the night train um Matthew Betts getting to the quarterback Sione Tuhema uh, on the other end a lot of what they do is made possible by these guys in the interior plugging running lanes and and providing space keeping blockers away um the night train he just just quietly does his thing and uh that run defense stopping the run was Again, we're referencing that West Final in Winnipeg, but 
Um, if they can contain Brady Oliveira a bit more, then it's potentially a different result. And that has been uh, much improved this year. Although it was funny, that win in Winnipeg started with uh, the Bombers moving the ball quite easily and got held to a field goal. People forget Winnipeg actually led that game, but I'm going Josh Banks. And again, they, they have a test. Uh, Jamal Morrow, very capable back. I still have a couple playmakers um, on the offense, even uh, with their current injury report. So that's going to be important. 100% with Josh Banks. And you know who is giving Josh Banks love is PFF. Because yeah. with their honor roll last month, with uh, they'd, they'd, won, they'd won player at each position. And Anthony Lanier, who we mentioned who's probably not dressing this week for the Riders, also the highest paid defensive player in the CFL, he was graded as the best defensive lineman, and they only named the one person yeah. on the entire defensive line. But Josh Banks is not only the highest graded defensive tackle, but also the second highest graded defensive lineman, and I want to say the third highest graded defensive player in the entire CFL. So, yeah, where Josh Banks might not show up on the stat sheet, he shows up in a lot of areas that coaches watch and break down and, and matter to coaches, X's and O's and all that, and stuff like run blocking that maybe not, like you said, won't show up on the stat sheet. So a very valuable member of the defense for sure. When the stats are working, they don't show up is what you meant. All right, moving <laughs> PFF's been good. <laughs> moving along. Yeah, PFF's, PFF's been good, yeah. All right, moving along. <laughs> Week seven, uh, we're back to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Of course, we had our first double header of the week last week, but no Sunday game. Uh, Edmonton, 0-6 at Winnipeg. Uh, the Bombers, of course, 4-2, and probably still in shock with how things ended in Ottawa on Saturday. We're not complaining. That was a good out-of-town scoreboard like we hit on off the top, but um, I don't know, Nick, do you... Do you give Edmonton uh, any sort of fighting chance here? <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe a bit of trolling here by the Bombers. I like this. Winnipeg is wearing their whites. So maybe this part of the design is make Edmonton feel like they have no chance because they're going to be in their home jerseys. I just dawned on me. That's where I thought you were going with that. It make Edmonton feel like they're at home. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what's that saying? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't don't say it. At all, anything at all. That's yeah. Yeah, that's how I kind of okay. that's how I kind of feel about Edmonton unfortunately right now. Um it seems like it's Taylor Cornelius again for them. I mean, we'll Kenny see. Lawler's back for Winnipeg, so that's going to give the offense a spark, you would think. Yep. So, uh the big question for me is is can they protect Zach Caleros? Of course, um you saw their overtime possession get snuffed out because of a sack holding them to a Sergio Castillo field goal and <laughs> talk again about um the job the Lions defense did there a few weeks ago, but uh, I, I think Winnipeg's uh, safe here to get back into the win column. But they're, so they're a massive favorite in this one. I saw fifteen too. and a half. I think I saw. Yeah, so. Ser- Sergio Castillo too, thirteen of thirteen this season. That's yeah, just, just throwing that out there. Toronto Argonauts uh, still the only undefeated team, four and zero. I've had the two buys already. That's kind of funny. Twenty twenty two BC Lions vibe. Pretty much. Uh, Argo's going down uh, the QEW to Tim Hortons Field. Again, the I guess the heavier divisional play, this is going to happen, but normally used to this on Labor Day as well. We'll get it on Labor Day as well. Um, Hamilton, who are they starting at quarterback? Ken Hobard this week? <laughs> Taylor Powell. Antonio uh, Pipkin will be a, dressing. That flew too. right over your head, the Ken Hobard reference. He was... It did a... Ty Katz quarterback from the 80s. Lions beat him in the 85. Well, how, would I, how would I know? 
Oh. I was only one. I, gotta, I, I probably got to get into more CFL history, though. That's one thing. You should. But anyway, that, that uh, yeah, Taylor Powell, um, Matthew Schultz to the sixth game, Bo Levi Mitchell not quite ready yet. So that ferocious Argos defense uh, has to be licking their chops. Um, I think I'm leaning Argos in this one, Nikki. Yeah, me too. JB is probably going to get a big workload, too, in the uh, James Butler I'm talking about in the backfield for Hamilton with the other... Uh, inexperienced quarterback Antonio Pipkin like I just mentioned is going to be dressing for them so good to see him back in the CFL and then Kyle Loxley is their backup wearing number 89 that just it, it, lo- it looked bizarre to me last week seeing yeah. him on the sideline but uh, yeah Toronto I mean they got to be a, a sizable favorite in this game uh, but I mean I, I kind of it kind of has like that Pittsburgh Baltimore NFL feel to it where it's like when these two teams play like I mean one team can be 0 and 10, one team could be 10 and 0, and it could come down to the wire. It usually comes down yeah. to the last play of the game, just because that's that's the style these teams play. So, wouldn't be surprised if Tim Hortons Field and, and Hamilton gives the Argos a good fight. But yeah, on paper, it, it, it should be a Toronto victory, right? Yep. But the game's not played on paper. But uh, we shall see. And I, I like that reference, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Similar hatred, yeah. similar rivalries. So, I'll be tuning in uh, that one Friday night. Of course, Lions Riders uh, Saturday. Four o'clock. Uh, we'll talk uh, before we go about some of the cool events happening, watermelon smash. But the week uh, in the CFL ends Sunday, four o'clock Pacific. Calgary Stampeders, a huge win for them last week. We talked about this on uh, BC Lions on Tap, our radio program with with Glenn Suter and Moj. Um, a Calgary loss last week, and and they're all but done. As crazy as that seems, as far yeah. as a top three position in the West. Because they would have been one and four, Saskatchewan would be four and one. The Riders would have wrapped up the tiebreaker with them, and um, they've already Calgary, of course, already losing once each to us in the Blue Bombers. But we'll see if Jake Mayer can build off his solid performance. Um, you know, not sure I'm ready to crown the Red Blacks just yet. It was an impressive comeback. Uh, I think Calgary's going to get this done, Nick. I'm with you too there. Uh, so we're agreeing on all three of these, but that's fine. So you got the Lions? Yeah. I got the Lions, too. So, we're going to so all four. four. Yeah. But I, I, I thought Glenn Suter last night on On Tap made a great point in that having Jake Merrick get in that situation where you're down with 40 seconds to go in Regina and you have to come up with a game-winning drive and he does execute that, that that's got to be huge for him going forward. Mm-hmm. And I imagine he wasn't feeling too confident going into that game. Too great. They're one and three. Not the best start to the season. Could be one and four with two losses to the Riders and then Mayer comes back and saves them obviously Rene Paredes caps it off with yet another clutch field goal but yeah Calgary and I thought too on offense like they kind of came alive with a deep passing game too which is something that I'm sure a lot of people wanted to see Luther Hawk and Avanu catching a couple deep balls and a touchdown Tommy Lee Lewis coming out of nowhere for them we were talking about they need more uh, weapons at receiver with their injuries and Tommy Lee Lewis stepped up last week so I'm sure he's going to be involved on Sunday again and on the flip side, yeah, we'll see what with Ottawa. It was, it was a good, obviously, three minutes in overtime to end their game. But, uh, I mean, they were trailing a lot in that game, and they, they obviously just caught a spark late and with Dustin Crum and his uh, his magic with his legs. And well, now you got to yeah, do it again, right? I'm seeing uh, – I'm looking forward to seeing how he is going to, to build off that. And that's good for the league, uh, yeah. having a young, unproven guy come up, be able to do it with his arms and – and with his feet, and uh, I imagine there'll be a few more eyeballs on that game as a result of what happened last week on both sides of it, Calgary and Ottawa both winning in very, very exciting 
fashion. All right, uh, we encourage everyone to get to BC Place early Saturday, 11 a.m. Yes, set your alarms. Set your alarms. Don't sleep in too late. Get the early ferry. What? Yeah, exactly. BC uh, Lions uh, Island and Interior Express. Don't want to miss this one of all uh, contests to come. Two tailgate parties. Lions tailgate for fans. Rider fans tailgate. There's going to be watermelon eating contests. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of uh, cool food options. $5 Molson Coors products. Um, Fog Dog Cover yeah. band, great band, uh, was Lions at Den. at Lions Den in Regina. If you were at that Great Cup party, they're making the trip out, and it, it's going to be fun. Uh, watermelon smash again gets going in the backyard party presented by Play Now Sports. Eleven o'clock on Terry Fox Plaza. Very much looking forward to checking this out. Same here. Yeah, really cool idea too, where the riders have their own tailgate section. I think that's like an innovative. Yeah. We've never done that before in I, a regular season game. It, it, that that kind of has like the NFL experience to it too, right? I know yeah. we went like we went to a game in Seattle in December, and there's 49ers sections, there's 49ers bars, even yeah, and parties and all that. So I think it's a great idea to have both teams have their own sections, and we know how well the Rough Riders travel. Um, and then we're also kind of making we're poking fun at it too with all the watermelon themes and. <laughs> watermelon white claws and smashing and all of that it's it's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a sunny day too so it's gonna be a fun one there's the weather again love it yeah it's gonna be gorgeous roof should be open i'm making that call right now i have a hunch the roof you don't make uh, the call will be open i, I don't you do i don't have that much people <laughs> think i control it i have all the power have i button i make suggestions only i don't make decisions not everyone listens but uh upper bowl seating yeah. open 25 dollars for adults $10, uh, 17 and under youth. Uh, you can't beat that as far as sports entertainment in this city. Uh, Nikki, this was fun. Uh, we thank Terry Williams, Trevor Martins, our producer, hitting switches and conducting things in the Grady Sass producer's booth over there. It's officially the Grady Sass booth. There's a sign there now. So, uh, And speaking of Sakaris and Price, great interview this week with Mike Benavides. Uh, conducted on Tuesday's program. So check that out. Get more of your Lions fix. Uh, subscribe uh, to First and Now, wherever you get your podcast. The Lions Audio Network, wherever you get your podcast. Check out BC Lions on tap. As mentioned, uh, we tee it up with Glenn Suter as well. We're doing everything, Nick. Podcasts, radio shows, uh, trailers, Road and Five, Recap, you name it. North We're Van, Surrey, Vancouver. Yeah, where are we next week for on tap? Boston Pizza? Boston Pizza Guilford, Guilford yeah. Yeah, so come on, uh, walk over. have a Molson or a Coors Light uh, on us, and uh, we'll have some fun. First and now, back next week, this is the official BC Lions podcast. Be safe.